0: Welcome to the Next Greatest, a podcast powered by Upright Digital. Uh, My name is Josh Lowry. I am one of the hosts of the new podcast. Uh, We are coming to you live from the Fletch Azul podcast studio. I am joined by uh, really one of my favorite people uh, and the new co-host of the next greatest podcast, Miss Sarah Miller. How are you, Sarah?
1: Hello, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. So did you see how hard it was to look at the camera and talk and say all this stuff? So you are yeah, looking at I'm this camera when you, if you ever have to talk, this is, I mean, it's new. This Is this yeah. your first podcast to host?
1: Yeah. This is my first podcast, actually, that I've been on ever, so. Been
0: on and hosted. And hosted. It's so, game time. Yeah. All new. Are you nervous?
1: I'm a little bit nervous, but I think it's easier because I, I know you guys. So.
0: What are you nervous about?
1: Um saying um <laughs> that just not being on yeah just not being on for sure well the
0: good news about a podcast is we have full control of the edit button so we'll that um will be much shorter it'll be an uh and we'll yeah. be right back to talking uh what do you so can you what is the premise of the next greatest a podcast can you tell the audience because they're only hearing this for the first or second time
1: so we created the next greatest podcast really to bring, well, we think we're the greatest at everything. So true. That, that was the, kind of the um, point behind creating it is that we wanted to bring people on to see if we can kind of knock them down. And <laughs> we want people to prove why they are greater than we are at right. everything and anything. So we don't
0: lack from confidence. That's not our, that's not where we are shy. I would, I would think just as a group as a whole.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: So that's it. Yeah, we, we have, uh, and the guest that we have on here, he's looking at us. He's probably a little scared here. but it's like, so you guys are crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to love it. So let's, I'll introduce him real quick, and then I'll go over what the concept is with you, and you can see if you can fight us off for the next 30 minutes, okay? So one of my favorite guests, one of the favorite ones is, is Joseph Tice with Super Chicken. Super Chicken. There is not a group or person that knows us that doesn't know what Super Chicken is for us. Um, you are the owner, proprietor, uh, what is the restaurateur, restaurateur, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur of super chicken and super deli, but super chicken is the famous one. That's it. Um, so you
1: can't leave out that super chicken is also our Wi-Fi. So it's, it's our password. <laughs> that's many, how important it is.
0: Yeah, it means a lot to this company, to upright digital. So Joseph, welcome. Thank you. Have you ever done a podcast before? I
2: have never done a podcast. Do you before. listen to
0: podcasts? I do listen to podcasts. What do you listen
2: to? Um, so primarily, I like the blood and guts of history. So uh, Hardcore history? A little bit, you know. Uh, I think the most recent one that I did was uh, the conquest of Mexico and Cortez and just all the madness that went into it. And, you know, a lot like my story, um, you, know, you have to have a lot of things go right to land 300 men and defeat a million Um, And in my own life, there's been so many things that have kind of led me to where that I am and a lot of failures, but a lot of things that, you know, I've been able to take advantage of um, and really come out the other side as, you know, somebody that's doing something great. Yeah.
0: Well, don't steal our thunder here because you can't start saying smart stuff four minutes into this podcast. We've got to build this up because if you do that, you might be the next greatest and we can't have that yet. So the concept of the show is we want people to talk about what makes them great, their companies, their services, you know, just the, the story of that's, uh, by the way, the way you said, a lot of things have to go right. Like we want to hear those stories. Um, so we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it is, it's something that, you know, Sarah and I and our entire Upright Digital Group have talked, I mean, again, you've known us for years now. And to see how you fought and fought through this pandemic, we're going to want to go through that in a minute. But uh, I'm glad we're your first podcast. Uh, we, I'm glad you are that you're willing to come do this. I don't know how often restaurateurs go on podcasts.
2: So we talked about a lot of things going right. I've gone through, you know, the worst year of my life, and yet I sit here today in the best place I've ever been, and it's so crazy. So, so do do the audience a favor real quick, kind of. If you let me talk
0: you up, I'll be talking for 20 minutes, and I'll I'll end with chicken fingers. So you don't want me to be the one to do this. Give the audience uh, a quick version of what Super Chicken is, where it is, and and that way they can understand what we're gonna be talking about.
2: So Super Chicken originally was designed to be kind of the scalable concept. And so we wanted to do a lunch-only restaurant, because I know once you get into it, you're working nights, weekends, the whole thing. So we were looking for a lunch only concept and I went down to the tunnels in Houston because I figured that would be the spot. And I just took a notepad and a pen and just counted the number of people walking into places. And I was like, I mean, they're doing business, but this isn't any more business than what I can do in Greens Point. And the rent's cheaper and just everything that goes into it. So, you know, Greens Point, my wife's family's had a business in the area for 30 plus years and they've seen it just decline. I mean, there used to be, there are restaurants that they literally just scrape the pad and just said, forget about it. So as the competition, if you will, has dwindled, you know, there's still a strong headcount of folks here. So let me give a quick scoop for the
0: audience that, cause this is gonna be nationwide. I mean, honestly, the, these things will go into other countries pretty quickly. So he, we're talking about in Houston, Texas, uh, there is an area of the town called Greens Point. Affectionately and, known as Guns Point. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, the city is desperately trying to change that uh, moniker, and they have titled it the North Houston District now. But yes, it, it, for many, many years, and it's it for many years forward, it will be called Guns Point because it's it has declined in opportunity. It's declined in the amount of businesses that are here. It's declined in just about every facet. Uh, Exxon had a big facility here for decades, and when they pulled out, the you know many of the businesses surrounding it that had to service Exxon also left, meaning the restaurants left, hotels left, et cetera. So it is a it's an area that is desperate for somebody to say you know what I can put a business into the Greenspoint like that is that is the shining star of what they're looking for I, and I want to point that out because it matters later on in your story too so keep going I just wanted to give the audience what that is
2: so in opening a lunch only restaurant you know we're blessed to work ten you know we're open ten thirty to two Monday through Friday no nights no weekends no holidays and. Um, when we first opened, you know, we opened pretty quietly. Um, you know, there was a number of days, especially the first three or four months. It's like, what have I done to myself? But the great thing about this area is there are you know thousands of people that come and work here every day, and they're largely professional jobs. So these folks appreciate quality. They've got a little bit of money to spend, and if you do something right, they recognize when somebody's doing something right. You know so we quickly kind of built a pretty good following and it took a couple of years but you know we we're blowing it out i mean lying out the door you know from 11 to 1 you can't get a seat you know i've got a little tiny it's a three thousand square foot restaurant the dining room's probably about 1800 square feet and if the fire marshal ever came like if you are listening do not come please or for free chicken please <laughs> for, don't yeah, come yeah, yeah. like no do, do not come um but you know we'd have we'd have folks in suits standing outside in august you know not for long cuz the line moves yeah. but um you know we built the thing so what year are we talking about to this So we started? we started October 19th of 2011 okay
1: And this S- is super S- chicken opening. This is su-
2: super chicken open so this is your 10th year this is my 10th year Man that's awesome So the pandemic when we actually ended up closing it was 3 days before My ninth anniversary of being open and it was the best day of business we ever had in the restaurant over four hundred and fifty meals from ten thirty to two. And then here comes and then collapse. Well and everybody was like, Well, if you're gonna do that when you close, why not stay open for another week? And you know, you have to think about that a little bit. And it's like, No, you know what? That was it. You know, that was it. Well, hang on
0: again, you're, you're jumping ahead here. So I, I I just, there's so much to talk about. It's so crazy, and Sarah, this is nuts. I mean, we, we have, you know, we have a marketing firm, we've got media, we've got manufacturing. Business leaders are in this place all the time. Always. CEOs of major billion dollar companies are in there. And they, their story is almost identical. I mean, it is identical to this. Like, what did I have to push through? I mean, I'm, ex- I'm just so excited. What do you want to talk about? Like, which part do you want to talk about? So you're talking about 2011. We moved into the area in 2014, I believe, was the first year. 15, we moved into the area, the company uh, down at another building here in the area. And I remember somebody going, "Well, have you tried out this chicken place?" And I'm like, "No, no, no," I, but I need a good restaurant. And I went into it, and I bet you could find my review on there, Hanaro, back in the day. No, it was on. Mine was on Yelp. Yes. And I'd never met yes. you before. <laughs> I'd never we met you before. find that. The
1: original Super Chicken review.
0: Go to Yelp real quick, Hanar, if you don't mind, and find my uh, Yelp review while we're looking. And uh, I we go to this place, line out the door. I'm like, wait a minute. This is a rundown strip center with all respect to the strip center. <laughs> and it is, there's this, in the back corner, there's a place just says Super Chicken. Very nondescript, kind of hard to find. And it was delicious. And everybody, and I knew 10 people in this, it was all, you know, industry people. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Had the chicken. And I thought to myself at the time, like, okay, 2015, 20 max, 2015. I I said, this place has to stay open. So I got on Yelp and I wrote a review that said, this is the best chicken you're going to eat in Houston. You may get stabbed on the way in, (laughs) but you should still go in and have lunch. (laughs) And I, you know, I wrote it that, that day. And the next day I came back and I said, Hey, I wrote a review and you're like, Oh yeah, man. Is that you? Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Joe. Thanks. <laughs> you go, thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was just, I, I, I could have, as soon as I left, I was like, man, maybe I should delete that. Cause that's not the greatest way to,
1: he wasn't that excited yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then I'm like, Except no, better no this is, it is what it is. It is what it is.
2: <laughs> no, the, the, One of the reoccurring stories that you hear from people is their first adventure to Super Chicken. And it always starts the same. You know, somebody in the office is like, dude, you've got to try this place. Like, we're going for lunch today. And then they start driving. And then you exit Imperial Valley. And then you turn right. And there's the. Past the strip club. 18 and up, BYOB, fully nude strip club. You got to drive past a couple massage parlors into the back of the neighborhood behind yeah. the fake doctor that has, you know, all of his little customers running around yeah. like ants in the parking lot. If, do the, if doing the fire who, marshal's coming do, there, stop other yeah, places you're first. You're doing who knows yes. what. They're
1: not making it to super chicken if they're in that parking lot. Oh, line. dude.
2: And then they walk in and there's like this clean, organized restaurant. And I'm probably at the front door, smiling my ass yep. off, ready to hand out a high five. Like I hire my, when I hire new people, I say, listen, one thing you need to know, it's okay to high five my customers. Like, that's the place it is. Mm-hmm. And one of my, you know, so, so these people's first experience is like, you know, expectations are just plummeting yeah. as they're <laughs> pulling into the rest, you know? And that's the thing, like, if I can get you with super low expectations, then we can only go up from there, you know? And it's we're smiling, we're happy, we're enthusiastic. And I can't tell you how many people, they, they walk in the front door, and they've got a certain demeanor. They're thinking about work, whatever it is that they're, you know, carrying in with them. And then they open the door and they set that yep. stuff on the sidewalk. And they start smiling and they start jamming. Music's going. Music's going. Yep. It's probably, Clean. A, little, probably a little bit too loud. Great. Oh, dude. It's great. Um, so they
0: just found my Yelp review from tw- June of 2015. Not just, just past six years. This place great, is it's amazing. a great headshot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who puts a headshot on their Yelp profile, by the way. It says great for business lunch, even though you think you're going to get stabbed walking in. Owner is around and friendly. Way better than I was expecting. I go there almost once a week now. So there you go. That is June of 2015.
2: And now we're five days away.
0: Haven't changed it. 14 people love this. You know, what's their overall rating on Yelp? Hanara, let's pull that one up real quick. Not high enough. Not high enough. Oh, you're almost five full star. You're four and a half and then on um, with 150 reviews and then on Go, go to his Google page, too. I mean, you've got some good reviews here.
2: No, I mean, you know, reviews are a great way to get feedback. Um, I do think that most people have gotten far enough away from, you know, under, they understand like a bad review is, is like, you don't need to leave a bad review unless something really happens. Correct. Like, support people, you know? Um, but, like, I'll read a review and it's like, best place ever, four stars. What are you talking about?
0: Like, Yes, you know. There can't be that many four stars here because you're getting almost five stars, 4.6 out of 382 reviews. Hanaro's pulled up his review too. He's so excited about it. Look at that. Yeah, but I mean, that's... Like, to me, 382 reviews is a lot of reviews.
2: Yeah, it's a, you know, a good number.
0: Yeah, it is. That's a good number. And, f- and you know, 4.6, I don't know what 4.6 is. I know...
1: If I were looking at a restaurant to go to and I saw 4.6, I would think, okay, I should go there. It's good. Like, what's your like Uber that's, rating? That's 5, pretty much.
0: Is your Uber rating higher than 4.6? I bet My, mine's not. <laughs> I bet mine's Mine not. is not 5, <laughs> and I'm
1: upset. <laughs> I'm
0: 4.9. That's actually higher. See, so. mine's lower. I leave the bars, and I'm sure I'm not the... <laughs> Great. Most pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got to keep it high right now. <laughs> so, I just, I, I got to keep it high because, you know, if, if it's not high enough, you won't get, Uber won't come pick you up. Yeah. So I was like, hey, hey, how you
2: doing? Hey buddy. Hey buddy, you. <laughs> so I, but
0: I, I was reading some of your background, which by the way, this is one of the better backgrounds. You start, you're an A M and m guy. A&M guy.
2: And ch- chief.
0: Yeah. There you go. You just had a, you just sent the so, bunch so A&M I'm, drivers yeah, off the road, by the way.
2: <laughs> so the, you know, when I put together the bio, I didn't really know what y'all were looking for. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, flesh out some of the things that I've been through. Um, and I started at A&M, but really, I think w- just sitting here thinking about it, it starts with my first paycheck job. So my first paycheck job was in a pro shop at a ice skating rink. And I walk in and, you know, Lady shows me how to do the register. I'm 16 years old and I was like, okay, that's fine. So then some customers walk in, right? And she just stands there. And I'm like, well, should we talk to them? Like go out there? And she's like, no, no, no. We just wait for them to bring us stuff. And I was like, no. So I went out and it was the aerodrome in Sugarland. It's in the middle of First Colony. These people have plenty of money. They're playing like the most expensive sport you can put a kid in. In Texas. And they had like the cheapest, sorriest equipment there. So I'm selling them and then I'm upselling them. And the next thing you know, I'm telling them, hey, we can special order for little Johnny here, whatever you want. So within six months, not single-handedly, but dang near, we turned over, I turned over the entire inventory. We only sold the top two lines of stuff. I was regularly hitting like thousand dollar tickets on these poor kids stuff. You're gonna, they're gonna outgrow it in six months. <laughs> so I go to my manager or the boss, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm making 525. I need to be making more money. He's like, You only been here six months? I said, Yeah, go look at the sales. I'm 16. This Canadian's like, what do you you know, leave me alone? So he said, you know what, you are doing a good job. I'll give you a raise. I was like, sweet. What are we doing? He's like, 25 cents. And I was like, wow. Five fifty. So worked a couple more weeks. I opened a paycheck up and it was like 200 bucks or something like that. And I was like, I'm wasting my time, you know? Uh, and I had friends that were working in a restaurant. They're waiting tables. They're making 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks a night. I was like, well, I can do that. And it turned out I was really good at it. Uh, I have never met a person I can't talk to and have a good conversation with. And, you know, I I come across as, as I am, you know, I've got good energy, I'm honest, you know, so worked, worked there, did some time in restaurants. When I went to college, I was a, I was a crew chief for bonfire, which basically just meant I didn't go to class. I built bonfire, <laughs> uh, which was awesome. Like you could have an entire podcast on bonfire stories yeah. and there's no way that with today's telephone, it would have lasted 30 seconds. Yeah you know like we we relied on nothing being captured yes um but so went went to a and m and uh you know didn't really do the whole school thing and uh, i was a crew chief for bonfire which you know basically meant like i i ran bonfire for my dorm with a few other guys and i mean we just kicked ass yeah i mean we kicked ass
1: is that something you volunteer yourself for or are you chosen for you're that you're
2: chosen and, uh, do, do you
1: know what bonfire is? So I only know because I did my research last night. So okay. I'm not from Texas. Okay. Um, I went to Georgia. Go so dogs. if
2: you don't know what bonfire <laughs> is or what it was, they still have an off-site campus bonfire. But Texas A&M for a long time had a giant polo ground field in front of it. And for the entire fall semester, we would get you know, a site that was donated to us that they were going to clear anyway. And we'd go out to raw woods that they'd cut paths into. And I mean, it was machetes and axes and you're dropping trees and you're carrying them out. Carrying them out. Carrying them out. I mean, trees that are, you know, massive. Wow. Uh, And my dorm was one of the biggest dorms and we had, you know, we we were known for being badasses. So there were no chainsaws ever in our woods. There were no tractors ever pulling trees out. And if somebody, so after you become, after you're a crew chief, you're a dead, right? So you get to do whatever you want. So they'd go in the back, and some jackhole would just take a machete and he'd mark a tree that was way too big, way too far back. And once it's marked, it's got to come down. Right. So I mean, you've got all these little freshmen that you know have never done a hard day's work in their life, blisters on their hands because we've been swinging axes all day, and you got to go stand at a log, and you know there's kind of a system of like lifting it halfway up and then putting it on your shoulder, and you just march that sucker. Wow. Out there. Um, and then it got to the field, and you would get it onto stacks, and then. Center pole goes up that was like a hundred feet tall, and you just start wrapping trees around it vertically, stacking it in. They've got you know pulley systems that are hooked up to pick up trucks, you know, stacking these logs. I mean, it is a absolutely massive uh, endeavor. So it's a huge deal. I mean, Aggies love it. I know it's changed
0: uh, since then, obviously for some pretty sad reasons. But you know, if you grew up in Texas, you knew exactly what bonfire was. And you know, one of the things you're talking about, I, I didn't know. That, that was you but that seems like exactly who you are yeah. as a person today yeah. knowing that um now i don't know you were you're a little bit older than i am but not much i'm 43 you're 40. oh i'm older than you you're way older oh, than me i look so <laughs> much better than you though i don't know what this about is either. wonderful I, this is fantastic <laughs> oh, i feel great so see one one thing let me just tra- check off the list <laughs> no, of hold on. next greatest.
2: All right, keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: right, Listen, it's been a rough year for all of us. Yeah.
2: No. So, you know, one of the things, you know, with bonfire, so you are asking if you're chosen for it. So you are chosen for it. And uh, they made the mistake of passing me over the first time. Because they didn't, you know, I was an animal. You know, I was, I was all over the place. But then somebody ended up dropping out, and they were like, hey, you know, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I want to do it. And over the next few months, I just did the thing. I mean, I can get people to do things. I can get people, you know, like I can motivate people to do things that they previously thought impossible. And after just kicking ass, uh, the guy that basically passed me over came to me and he was like, you know, the you're the best we got. I was like, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is going to be a
0: pretty tough one to discount that he might be one of the next greatest here, but his yeah. confidence is
2: very high. We are starting with the yeah. very, yeah. I like it, I like it. So... Either way, uh, in the process of building Bonfire, my crew chief year, it fell. Uh, killed 12 people, you know, some people that I really knew well. Uh, and I was, I was too immature for college to begin with. I wasn't really going to class. And then you add that to it, I was out.
1: Mm.
0: That was
2: your year. That was my year. Oh, man, that is, that wow. is terrible. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. So uh, That was a sad deal for a lot, even if you didn't go to a it, yeah. it was tragic. Oh.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of leaving that behind and getting some distance, I moved in with my dad and he lived just outside of downtown Houston. And in the beginning, I, you know, didn't really get a job, you know, it was just kind of floundering about and one day. He's like, okay, it's time for you to go get a job. You need to start working on it because it's not that easy to get a job. And I said, dad, I can get six jobs today. So he's like, no, you can't. I said, let's, let's go. So he drove me around to like all the nicest restaurants and I got six jobs that day. (laughs) And I was like, so which one should I take? And he's like, like these are all his favorite restaurants, right? And so he's like, "Uh, I guess Tosca. I mean, so Spanish tapas. And at the time they were pretty new. So anytime I told people I was working at a tapas restaurant, they would say, you're working at a topless restaurant? (laughs) I was like, no, small plates, you know, Spanish. So I did that for a couple of years. I was the youngest waiter there. You know, uh, I wasn't twenty, but I followed the right coworkers into the right bar, so they thought I was, you know, at least twenty-one, and that was my spot for the next nine months while I waited to 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 be twenty-one to be twenty-one. Yeah. Um, but worked there for a couple of years, and what I always found, especially as a waiter. Really everything that I've ever done other than super chicken, I rarely do for longer than a couple years. Okay. Um, I just look for new challenges. So from there I've worked at, you know, French restaurants, Italian restaurants. I was part of the opening team at Vic and Anthony's Steakhouse, the very first one in Houston, Texas. And, you know, just kicked ass everywhere I went and every place I ever went, they're like, you should be a manager. And I was like, no way. Y'all work longer and make way less money than I do. Uh, I mean, at Vic and Anthony's like my one of my managers. He just didn't like me because I'd regularly make you know four or five hundred bucks, and then go out and spend it every night three hundred ninety nine, <laughs> dude, every night. So uh, I didn't have a bank account. I just had like a little metal box yeah. that I knew, and I could look at a stack of twenties like this and tell you within you know a twenty or two if I could pay rent. Um, so, but you know, I was just having fun, yeah, you know, you're I, was, young. I was 22, 23 years old, making a bunch of money every night. And then of course you meet the girl. So, and her dad. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What
0: year did you meet her though? I met her in like 03, 04. So that makes you 23, 04? Yeah. 23, 24. So before 24. El Patio. Before El Patio. Okay. Cause yep. we're going, we're yep. not leaving this no, we're, conversation no, 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 without no. talking about yeah. El Patio.
2: So you meet the girl. And you think, okay, I'm not gonna work in restaurants for the rest of my life, but before I leave, so my resume isn't just like 18 months hopping around waiting tables, right. I need to run a place. So I went to Main Street where I knew a guy was opening a restaurant that I worked for before. So I walk in and I see him and he's like, what are you selling? I said, me. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm gonna run this restaurant. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 you are. So he hired me as the assistant general manager, had a general manager in front of me, but the restaurant was failing and the general manager was cooking the books and like hiding how badly we were doing. So after like six weeks, they fired him, he quit, whatever. And they come and they're like, do you think you could be the general manager? It's like, yeah, I already told you that. But here's the problem. The Astros are in the postseason, and I'm going to every single game. (laughs) And I don't know if I can do that as your general manager. So he says, well, work the schedule out. If you can do it, do it. So within nine weeks of exiting my waiting tables job, I was running a restaurant. I had my own staff. I ran the kitchen. I did it all. And throughout my life, people have always doubted me. You know, they, I don't know if doubt is the right word. I don't think that they expect that I can perform at the level that I can. Because why is that? Because I'm having a good time. No, I, I get it. You know, I I'm get, not, I'm it not, look easy. like, yeah. I'm not that serious, like that. you know, like they don't, people think that the only way to accomplish a goal is to like, put your head down and frown and you know, whatever. It's like, no way, dude, smile your way through it. Have a good time. So did that love uh, it. restaurant was, I love it. I'm the, sorry.
0: I love it. That's, exa- that is a thing. You know, look, everybody tries to say that. But it, in, you know, we're, most of my business is, is in a office setting, right? And it is a very um, serious place to be. You know, and you have to be serious at some points, which I'm sure you're obviously do as well. But for the most part, we try to run a, we run a very fun office here. We try to, I mean, there's three bars in our office. Friday afternoons are very difficult to get anything done because I don't want to, and when we have interns, I bring interns, I'm like, hey, it looks like we're just out of control, we're not. This is yeah. that's that's a facade yeah. behind Pretty
1: much work hard play hard it's oh. it yeah. Yeah.
2: grind it out make sure your your work is done well and I don't love th- what you're saying though but I and I don't think people have I don't think people realize how many choices that you get to make I I talk to people all the time that come into the restaurant and God bless them for doing the jobs they do but they're not necessarily happy and I get the feeling that they think they can't do something about it but you can, it might take time. You might have to do some things you really don't want to do to get yourself there, but life is choice, man. You know, I tell my employees all the time, like, if we're not going to do this thing a certain way, if we're not going to have a robust business that's thriving and that's a place that people want to be, I'll do something else. I'm not, you know. So I want to get into
0: that, but I, before we leave, we got to do your early 20s story. Um, Again, Houston, famous restaurant. So Sarah, you're from Georgia, but surely you know what El Patio is.
1: I do now. About a year ago, I did not know. (laughs) And I think it was actually your story, Joseph. You were talking about El Patio when we were at Super Chicken one day. And I was like, what's El Patio? And everyone attacked me. Basically, it was like, you don't know what El Patio is. It's a famous restaurant. So I think the next week I ended up going because I was like I have to know what so the blue wa- margaritas. So wa- what? Yeah,
0: blue. <laughs>
1: <Dude>. <laughs> yeah. So
2: El Patio opened probably 50 years ago. The Viasana family started it, um, and at some point, you know, the the matriarch passed, and the family decided they didn't want to do it anymore. So a couple of guys got involved in it, but they always had the family restaurant. But the first door on the right just said no minors. And it was. It, it says club. It so it started with just no minors. Oh, okay, just no right? minors, just okay. no minors, right? So it was, it was their bar, and it was dark, and it was crowded, and the margaritas are way strong, like very, very strong, very strong. Uh, like limit you on how many you're allowed to have, strong, right? Like, we had when I was running the place, one of my friend's cousins came, and he's like this big beefy cop, and I was like, dude, slow down, like two. He's like. I do it. I drink whatever I want. You know, three and a half later, he ended up passed out yeah. on the floor at his parents' house, and they were like, "We might need to call an ambulance." <laughs> so,
0: I, I brought a friend of mine from Denmark. English was a second language. He's a big guy, six four, and he like you. Oh, I drink. You know, Denmark all the time. I say, man, these, this is not normal. Trust me.
2: By the end of dinner, he couldn't speak English anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was only. I don't. I'm like I don't speak. So when, I, so. Leaving El Centro, uh, I found that they were opening an El Patio and I knew the guy through another business connection and they hadn't opened yet. They were still designing it. And I was able to get in, like do the layout design.
0: This is in Midtown.
2: This is in Midtown. Yep. Right. Um, but I was like heavily involved in the design layout workflow of this restaurant and I was 25, you know, like I was doing the thing. So I was also the only employee whose English was their primary language. Okay. So I can't say English is my first language because I was born in Mexico. You were? I was born in Mexico. Okay. Um, lived there for about nine months. Bienvenidos. <laughs> you, right? you speak Spanish? Yeah. So we'll get, let okay. me, so Spanish. Yes. I speak a lot of Spanish and most of it's pretty terrible. Um,
0: but by the way, for those listening, he is a gringo a hundred percent. So to say that, so you wouldn't, I would
2: never have American parents teaching English in Mexico, you know, kind of doing the hippie thing, I guess, you know? Um, so when I got hired there, I was the only, you know, primary English speaker. And my, the guy that hired me was like, I don't know if you're going to be able to make it proved him wrong. Um, and not only proved him wrong, ended up taking over both of his restaurants within about six months and having a staff of 60 when I was 25 years old. At El Patio. At El Patio. So both of them. So the one in Midtown I opened and then I took over the one you on know, West time. So
0: that El Patio, that was the tail end of my single years, right before I got married. And that El Patio Midtown was like the place to go for years. Yes. I mean, at least two years. Yes. Until I left. Until you left. Is that what happened? Cause I mean, it was That's just stacked with people That's, trying to man, get in that thing. Yeah.
2: So we, uh, so a couple stories about being you know, kind of the, the only gringo. So one day I had to make the margaritas and I called my wife and I was like, they're punking me. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, they gave me the recipe of the margaritas. She said, okay. I said, it's not gonna freeze. There's no way this much liquor and people have always said, "Oh, it's the Everclear. There's no Everclear." I've always heard there's Everclear. I there's, thought they there were Everclear there, too. There so. is no Everclear. Really? It is just a lot of tequila.
1: It doesn't taste like straight tequila. So they though.
2: actually have their own margarita like packet blend right. that somebody produces for them, proprietary. And to the, to date, it's my favorite frozen margarita on earth. Where's the blue come from? Blue Curaçao. Right, so it's a really dry margarita. Yes. Um, so the blue comes in to add a little sweetness. But you don't have to have it. But of course, when you do, they go down a little easier. And that's when you end up on your 24th birthday getting carried out the back door at 7.30, <laughs> you know? Um, Makes sense. So, But speaking, you know, like English. Speaking for a friend, by the way. So <laughs> Spanish, right? So I I learned to, the, in order to be able to communicate in the kitchen, you've gotta be able to speak some Spanish. Uh, so I speak, A very bootleg Spanish, where I'm constantly translating English colloquialisms into Spanish. Like, I was trying to communicate with this girl that was working for me, like, so we're square, we're good. And I said, todos cuadrados? Like, we're all square? And she's like, I guess, (laughs) you know? Um, And as an, you know, having an employee, you do get a lot of yeses, right? Even though they have no idea what you're saying. So at my first restaurant I was running, you know, if I needed a they, the a basket of flour tortilla chips, I would say, you know, I need a canasta de harina, right? A basket of flour. Um, and I actually told this story wrong. I should have, I should have told that differently. So if I asked for a canasta de harina, they knew I wanted a flour tortilla chip. So at my second job, it's busy on a Friday night. I mean, we're getting killed. And I go in the kitchen. And I'm like, I need a canasta de harina. And like a couple people look at me and like, nothing's happening. I was like, hey, I need a canasta de harina right now. And they're like looking at me. And finally, I'm like, hey, like right now, I need a canasta de harina. So my main cook, this like six foot eight Mexican fellow named Miguel, he holds up a basket, which is canasta. And he said, you want a basket of flour? And I was like, nope may I please have flour tortilla chips? (laughs) You know, so it's been, it's been really interesting, but I'll tell you, i work I've worked with right now. I work primarily with Hispanics, salt of the earth. Yeah. You know, work hard, have a good time, you know, awesome, awesome people. Um, But I've worked with a lot that, you know, when I was at El Patio, some of my waiters were like studying engineering at HBU. So I would hold all my meetings in Spanish and, you know, I'm sure I sounded, you know, really bad in my mind. Google I'm great. Late. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm good. I'm just speaking the King's Spanish. So, this guy, after the meeting, I turned to him, Alex, and I was like uh, telling him something in Spanish. And he said, excuse me, please don't speak Spanish to me. You sound like a donkey. <laughs> and I was just like. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So now when I hire people, I'm like, I'm going to be direct. You're going to get good feedback from me or bad feedback yep. from me directly. We're going to be, you know, like we, nobody's got time to guess what we're trying to Right. right? I said, you can, you can say anything to me, but just don't call me a donkey. <laughs> Alex is the only one. He's gotten away with it. He, he got He got away with it. I was so shocked. Uh, but it's funny. And, and it's an icebreaker because one of the things that I want my employees to understand is we really are there to accomplish a hard job,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but we're there to do it a certain way. We're there to do it with energy, to have fun, you know? I mean, it's a restaurant, it's not surgery, you know?
1: Right.
2: So let's jump to your restaurant here in
0: Super Chicken. Okay. Um, by the way, I, I love those stories. That's, that's a it really brings back a lot of memories from El Patio Midtown, but um, you decide it's time to start Super Chicken started in, in 11, you move through, we, you know, you kinda, you can go look at the reviews from 2011 to 15, 16, it's just, it's booming. Lines out the door, you're in there doing your thing. Um, and then here comes 2020. Yep. The year that everybody really suffered. There is nobody on this podcast listening that would ever say that restaurants, what, really any tourism restaurants, hotel yep. management, those were hurt worse than anybody. Yep. And you were no
2: different. All of a sudden, one day, what happens? So early March, I guess early in the year, you start hearing about it happening. And but it's China virus it's at that right, time. No one's paying it, any attention it's, to it. it. It's stuck in China, and then you start hearing about it popping up in Europe. And you know some of the things that they're having to do, um, and you know, draconian, you know, like lock you up in the house type stuff. And but it wasn't like, here yet. It's like well, and it wasn't here. And being here, you think. There's no possible way America could do that, right? We've got surely there's a better way of handling it than to just lock everything up and destroy people's lives. And at the time, I mean, there's some fear about the virus and its you know mortality rate and all that. Like it wasn't you know it wasn't shown to have the the pretty nominal mortality rate that it has. Uh, So we're blowing and going 2019 best year we ever had. Oh. Uh, you know, we averaged in the month of September, like 400, almost 450 meals a day in a 10:30 to two o'clock restaurant. I mean, that's, that's humming, that's pushing. Yep. Uh, and doing it well, you know, not by the skin, you know, not by the skin of our teeth, not barely making it to the end of the day, crushing life. So when it hit and they, you know, they're like, okay, you know, every, everybody's got to shut down. So I told my employees, like, you know, I was almost in tears. It's like, you know, I don't know what to do, Uh, but I paid them to stay home out of my pocket, because I knew, I mean, how long can this last? You know, three weeks, six weeks, whatever. And then you started hearing about the PPP money come in the first round, jumped on that, got funded, They, I was told 60 days, you get 60 days to spend it. So I brought everybody back. I brought, I gave them hours that they weren't even working because we just weren't working as much as we were, but I, I wanted them to keep their, it's a paycheck protection program, not get me rich program. Correct. So I protected their paychecks. And about day 56, after all these people had moaned and whined about, oh, well, I don't have any business right now, so I don't want to use the money yet. They extended it.
0: They extended how how long? Yeah. What you're saying is
2: they extended how long you had to use the money, how long you had to use the money. But I just spent it all of it, all of it because we were we're we're 95% of the way in because the, the, what it was supposed to be was a paycheck protection program. Yes. We know your revenue is down. Keep them on the books. Don't send them to unemployment. I read an article, this, you know, this brewery owner in Maine is whining about how, the, the PPP loans not working for her. She said, I'm going to have to pay most of this back. And the reporter was like, so why don't you just hire your people back? And she said, well, there's nothing for them to do. And the reporter should have lost their job because she didn't press with, no, that's exactly what that money's for. Don't pay it back. Pay your employees. Correct. Either to stay home or to paint the building. So I used it all um, by... Mid-June, I think I was back on my dime, June, July, August, September, lost money every month. Every day. Every day. Oh, and you, I mean, and you just sit there and look at it and know. So just for the audience, uh, we are in the building
0: next to you guys. Um, By the way, everybody thinks that we own a portion of Super Chicken. We do not own a portion of Super Chicken, although we have got to be one of your best customers. And uh, it's a pleasure to be one of your best customers, by the way. But... Um, so we would go there, and you you could physically see the shutdown all of a sudden in the building, and everybody's going to recognize these stories: fewer people in the, in the buildings, fewer people in the parking lots. There'd be days when there's three people in a, yeah. in, a in your restaurant, and yeah. by the way, that's at fifty percent capacity, yeah. And you're ordering at the door, or you know whatever. It was stupid.
2: It's brutal. No, it was. So you know, you can only cut so many five and ten thousand dollar checks, right? You know, so when we got to, uh, October, we just knew like we were done. I mean, we were growing every month, 3%. You mean people were coming back just slowly, but I didn't, I needed 300% growth immediately. And it just wasn't going to happen. Nope. So we made the decision to close. Um, and you know, I was like, you know what, if we're going to close, we're going to do this thing. I'm not going quietly into the night. So I've got like, you know, over a thousand email addresses and uh, through all our social media, about 10 days before I put it out there, like, you've got seven business days to eat at Super Chicken before we close. The for ca- the re- we did the countdown, before, right. Before we close. So every day I'd send out something stupid and uh, every day we got more and more people. And then it occurred to me, Friday is our last day. And Friday's always been our best day. We're going to get work. And we got worked. I literally, so grace of God, like as we're getting ready to close and as we're making these decisions, I just basically called all my old employees. And I was like, you want a job? Cause you know, at that point it's pretty nominal cash. And I didn't want to be miserable for the last week that I was there. So I mean, we literally hired everybody back. I mean, we were back to full blow and the business was pretty good. And then we got to Friday, and we got worked. I mean, 450 meals, and and realistically, so I say 10.30 to 2. I would be open from 11.30 to 12.30 if I could, but I have you know nobody wants to work for three hours, and I have to, you know, if I'm going to pay you for five hours, well, I guess we'll be open for three and a half. But 95% of my business is about an hour long. Right. So between 11 and really 12.45, it was about 350 meals. And I don't know how we did it. I don't, you know, that's for us.
0: I remember thinking that's when it finally hit me what you guys really are. And, you know, look, restaurants are restaurants there's, and there's good food and there's chains and whatever, but I was so sad because I just one more time when you and I were talking, I thought to myself, this neighborhood, this area, that's, and, and look, you high, you, you, mentioned you hire Hispanics primarily. Cause that's the, that's your demographic yep. in this area. Uh, but there's, look, it's very clear that you take care of your employees. It's very clear that, you know, one of the things you said early on was that people in professional settings know when someone's paying attention or they know when something's done right. I, I just remember being so sad. I'm like, this is the kind of place, almost like Cheers. Yeah. Like it was, it's a staple yeah. in the area yeah. where you wanted to go and it was always fun to run into your buddies. Yeah. And, and I was so sad. I was like, you know, it's one thing for you and your family, which yeah. obviously that was a tough place, but there if this was gone, what was what was left? Like what was yeah. gonna take the void?
2: Yeah. No, if not here, where? Right. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, it is a community. Like I've even thought about like, you know, letting people make name tags and hang them on the wall, like at church where you walk in and like you put your little name tag in, in your company. And, if you know, you don't do that. Cause I will absolutely wear it every single day. I, dude, but, but people <sighs> know each other fun. there. So as we're reopening, like I was talking to one of my customers, like, where do I know that guy from? Super chicken. Like you all see each other there multiple times Absolutely. a week. You know, uh, I mean, I got out of my car at an Astros game and this guy was like, hey, super chicken, you know? <laughs> and at first I was like, huh, I need to change the name. No way. No. But then it's like, you know then what? I have to change my but, password. But, <laughs> but people know what it is. It's a great place to go get a quick bite that's super high quality. I don't charge enough money uh, and you're going to be met with positive energy and enthusiasm. And if you're having a bad day, give me a minute, you know, give me a minute. You know, I've Let never thought of it like that.
0: Have you, I mean, just as the, the, like being an energy source.
1: I do. I mean, I feel like every time I go in there, it's just, everyone's happy and it's fun. It kind of, it spreads to you. Like, I mean, I think anyone's energy does. So
0: you, you can't bring a, it's very hard to have a business meeting where, you're looking for any kind of privacy. And the reason I say that is you're going to know somebody there yeah. and your competitor, your customer, you're this, you're yeah. that is going to come up to your table and sit for a minute and it's whatever you're talking busy all the time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's loud. But it's yeah. just, it's a place where you, you go there because you want the energy. That's a good point. Well,
2: you know. and so I've only had one customer that I ever wanted to throw out, uh, this woman and it was early on her friend had brought her and I don't know what happened to her that day. Uh, I always tell my employees, you don't know what people are going through. If somebody's giving you a hard time, you have no idea. Vacation was planned. Boss just came and said, Nope, not going to do it. Death in the family, find something out about their own health. Like you don't know what people are going through. So if they're being rough on you, just kill yeah. them with kindness. So this woman was there and we had just opened and we make all of our own sauces and I hadn't found a barbecue sauce recipe that I, I wanted to be mine so she's just given me the business and at one point her friend is just like i'm so sorry like she just gives that look of like i should not have brought her and uh she's not super chicken so material i'm, I'm, I'm just you know i'm just take her to Chili's. i'm just trying to kill her with kindness you know and like walk her through the menu and uh she says and i want barbecue sauce and i just knew I was like, i'm really sorry we don't have a barbecue sauce recipe what kind of restaurant in texas doesn't have barbecue sauce Okay. Walked in the back, told my buddy that was helping me open the restaurant. I was like, barbecue sauce tomorrow. We need a barbecue sauce tomorrow. But the woman never came back. And you know why? Miserable people don't want to be in a positive environment. Exposes. They, 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 because it points out how miserable they are and that going back to choices, you can make a choice to not be miserable. You know? And if you walk up in my joint and you're miserable, give me a minute. I'm going to cheer you up. I'm going to give you a high five. I'm going to give you some hope that tomorrow when you come back in, you're smiling. And the barbecue sauce better be here. And the the barbecue sauce better be here. But that's, you know, uh, so when I talked to- See, I,
0: I think your employees, that rubs off on your employees too. Because, you know, I've, I always remember thinking, the one thing I was always impressed with was they were always coming around and, as soon as you're done, they're picking it up, not rushing out, just yeah. cleaning up your mess for you. And I thought, you know, because it, again, it doesn't feel like it would be that type of restaurant yep. where the attention to detail is the way it is. And that to me is a direct reflection of how you've em- embraced them
2: and taken care of them. So before Super Chicken, I've only worked, I mean, since Black Eyed Pea, okay? <laughs> so that's, cut my teeth, Black Eyed Pea, but- Cornbread, uh, delicious but, uh, cornbread. Uh, Rolls with ranch, man. Oh, I the good ranch. <laughs> yes, the good yes, ranch. Yes, not the thick ranch. Yeah. So uh, I'm fat. But I, I, I worked at you know all these fine dining restaurants. So when I went to open Super Chicken, it's like, okay, what am I going to do differently? Nothing. Why? Because I've got a lower price point. I'm going to all of a sudden take less care of you. When you being the guest or you being the employee, or both. Both. both you know. The, the primary difference is I get to wear jeans, but other than that, and I get to, you know, yell across the restaurant, welcome in, see you tomorrow. You know, I mean, there's some service differences stylistically, but the core, the heart of the service doesn't change. We bring our A game. I like it. Did, i never it thought shows, of It shows for sure. It definitely shows.
0: Okay. So pandemic happens. Collapse happens. Biggest day of the year is yep. your last day in business. Yep. You know, I'm sure I ate there that day. I don't
2: quite you remember. Did. Okay. So we on did. your way out, actually, you know, in my mind, I was going to have this like glorious ride off into the sunset where all I did was like walk around the restaurant and kiss babies and, you know, tell stupid stories about, you know, super chicken, but I had to work. Yeah. You know, I was buried and you know, you had been like so gracious and generous with, you know, trying to help me stay open that in my mind, like as you were walking out, it's going to be, all right, everybody, Josh Lowry's leaving the building. And I remember being supremely disappointed when I looked up and I saw the back of your head go into the door and I knew that I didn't have an opportunity to just stop what I was doing and just say thank you. Well,
0: I appreciate that. And that is, I believe what everybody thinks when I leave the room. At all times. <laughs> so I assume yeah. that when I'm walking yeah. out, that's what I'm assuming is going on behind me at all times.
1: You just lined him up right for <laughs> yeah, that no, one. <laughs> so I'm not
0: real proud of myself on that one.
2: But no, but that's. But the, but that's really, I do appreciate you know, it. You know,
0: like, maybe I'm not great with compliments, but thank you so much.
2: But, you know, so we so we closed. Absolutely killed it. Um, and people were like, hey, you know, do it for another week you know, stay open. Like if you, if you're doing this, like stay open, maybe you can. And I thought about it and you know, we might've been able to drag it out another two or three weeks, but at some point, like people aren't going to keep coming the way that, I mean, I had people driving from all parts of Houston that were working at home. And I said, no, you know what? That was it. Like we did it. We did it extremely well. We were successful. And now it's time to say goodbye for a minute did you think about, I mean, I'm assuming when it closed, you say
0: for a minute, but I remember it didn't feel like that. It felt very permanent at the time. Yes. I remember there was like, well, maybe when they come, but you know, it,
2: it felt permanent. Well, you know, you can only, you know, pay rent on a business that's not functioning for so long. You know, you can only, you know, keep the air conditioning on. So your electrical equipment doesn't break for so long. So, and, and, I'm an extremely optimistic person, but 2020, I mean, if it stole anything from me, it was some of my optimism, you know, because every month it's like, no, next month we'll do it. You know, this, you know, tomorrow we'll, you know, what about September? September will get here. The election. Just get through the election. Just get through the election. Yeah. Um, So I was not real optimistic at the end of last year. So we closed (laughs) mid-October. Nobody was. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the worst year. It was. It's the weirdest year in the history of years. If anyone
1: yeah. was, then we need to have them on the podcast. Exactly.
2: Who was this guy <laughs> yeah. or girl? Yeah. So we closed up, and I said, you know, uh, let's get to the end of the year. You know, through the holiday season. The holiday season's not great for us anyway. So I said, we'll we'll just close through the end of the year, reassess January one, and you know, early January, I started calling, you know, various customers that I knew personally, and you know, what's your company doing? When are y'all coming back? You're talking to my neighbors, you know, they don't work around here necessarily, but what's, what's your corporate strategy? And they're all May, June, and this is January. Yeah. So I literally went, I know a guy that runs restaurant equipment auctions. So I brought him in to see, okay, you know, what are we dealing with, what can I get? And he's walking around, he's like, man, you got a lot of really good stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's a 3,000 square foot, fully functional restaurant. And he's like, dude, you could get at least 12 or $13,000 for this. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> You know, so that pays back last June, yeah, like, yeah, 30, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nothing, and then I owe nothing, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I just sit with that and try and figure out what to do. So, uh, one of the things that I have continually done, and I'm sorry, Nancy and Mr. Cole, but I defeat my old Vietnamese landlords at every turn, <laughs> you know. They, they, I've they, met them before, by they, the way, they in turn defeat me by putting massage parlors yeah. and pill mills <laughs> in my parking lot. You guys are so trying to out, it's, it's, un, uh, outclass it, each other. It, it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> I was walking um, to a
0: restaurant one time and she says, Hey, why don't you, why don't you don't go to super chick, go to this uh, Vietnamese restaurant. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, you're, you, I know you own these buildings and you're, 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 you're literally directing business <laughs> yes. away from one of your tenants. Yes. The only tenant that's worth no, all, anything in this entire place. <laughs> Uh,
2: they might listen to this. I might, I'm
0: gonna get them to listen to this. So
2: <laughs> and, no, the, I, and the fire marshal. I just <laughs> went to him after, after I made my January payment, you know, about mid-January, I just went and I figured out kind of, okay, if I've got $12,000 in assets, how much am I, you know, how much rent am I willing to pay? My lease is up in September. So if I service the lease, security deposit back, I own everything, or I walk away, get locked out, I own nothing. So I went back and made a lease proposal to them that basically, offset that, right? So if I paid my rent, never reopened, closed down in September, sold everything, got my security deposit back, it was basically the same thing as in January, just selling everything off and walking away. And I just told him, I said, if you ever want to get another check from me, sign this paper. So we went back and forth a little bit. Um, You know, they, they stipulated that if I did reopen, the amount would climb, but they agreed to my rental terms. So that put me in a, in a great wait and see right. position. You weren't getting killed. So beginning of this year, a lot of wait and see, nothing's happening. And then you start hearing the second round of the PPP money might be coming out. And that's all I needed to hear. So, I mean, I'm literally like sitting at my computer, like pushing refresh, re, you know, refresh, refresh. Cause I knew the money would dry out. Right. You know? um, and I would already been through the first one. I knew kind of what, what was needed. And so, as soon as the portal opened up, I applied, and they had actually increased the money from the first round for bars and restaurants. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, you guys got—I mean, it was yeah. brutal. Oh, dude, yeah. So, uh, you know, with my government money, we reopened. Yeah, I, I became a Democrat real fast last year. I'm like, let's go,
0: Miss Pelosi. So, I'm so, on you your know, I've—I've
2: I've never thought that I would take a government handout. Nobody did, nobody did. But so, you know, in the 1920s, Stetson Hats, right? I mean, whatever the equivalent of a Rolls-Royce was, a Rolls-Royce, I'm sure they were all driving them. And they thought for the history of man, the Stetson Hat company would do a tremendous business. And then the market changed and they stopped selling as many hats, right? You can't go and save that company. You can't go and give Stetson Hats a bunch of money to offset their losses because the market has spoken. Right, I'm in the same position. If people aren't going to go back to work in an office building in a regular way and eat lunch out, my business lunch-only restaurant is out. But if you're going to tell me I have to close because of a pandemic, well, you know what? You need to give me some money to. You're you're making decisions for me. You're now. forcing me to close. You're forcing me. Right. So with the second round of PPP money, uh, you know. I, got my managers back together and both of them agreed to come back. Uh, got some key points of the staff that I was able to rehire. Unfortunately, not all of them. Um, I, I, I see who you have back though. I mean, you've got
0: some regular people you know, are back the, the, in there. The, criti- the critical sure. points,
2: the critical points are back. Uh, so we, you know, put together a, a kind of timeline of how we were going to do things and a plan to get things done. And I really didn't get very active on it until about a month before. But, you know, spreadsheet, multiple tabs, all these to do lists. And so we're doing our soft opening this week and it has really gone as well as possible. Good. And I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like what, like what massive thing am I missing? Because it's going really well. Splenda. Splenda.
0: There's no Splenda in there. It's
2: on the truck tomorrow. Oh God, that's massive. (laughs) But sorry. It turns out I'm really good at what I do. Like, (laughs) how how are we going to tell him he's not the next greatest? (laughs) I'm really good at what I do, you know. At every turn, no matter what stop I've made, like, I meet people from college that I haven't seen in 20 years, and they find out I've got three kids, married, never divorced, comfortable lifestyle. I met your wife.
0: She's she's pretty and she's nice. Dude. yeah,
2: you smart as a whip, just unbelievable woman. I own my own business. I have employees that love me, and they're like, "Wait a minute, what happened?" And I was like, "Dude, like I was having a good time. You know, I'm not some you know dingbat that just is doesn't know what he's doing. Like I've made some very conscious choices in my life. I chose not to go to class. I chose to get hammered." You know, like we were having a awesome time, but I knew that wasn't my life. I love it. You know, I knew that I wasn't going to be 40 and, you know, hanging around College Station. I knew at some point I could turn it on. I had choices to make. Did, did, your, did your parents? Oh, no. They thought. No, no. I was talking to my dad recently about how things are going. And uh, I mean, I'm on a heater, dude. Like things are going for me. Like I'm on a podcast. Yes. I mean seriously. A- at the end of which you will decide that of course I'm the next great. Honestly, I'm having a hard time. Look,
1: like, I'm, I'm just no, like no, thinking about like, literally. <laughs> what so we're I'm talking to say. my dad about all these
2: crazy things that are happening in my life, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I didn't see this coming." And I was like, "I get it. I didn't give you a lot of reason for hope." Yep. You know, because you can't go to your dad and be like, I'm intentionally not can, giving can, a can, shit. Can I curse? Yeah. Shit. Balls.
0: No, we'll have to <laughs> cut the balls part <laughs> out, maybe. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> but you, you you can't. You can't. Go no, to, we don't. We're not. We, no, not our, our other so, podcasts, yeah. you, we're regulated by, uh, we have some pretty significant there's sponsors. There's no rules here.
1: This
2: is, law, this is the Wild West. So you don't go to your parents and say, hey, I'm going to intentionally be a fuck up for the next five years. But it'll be okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get arrested. I'm not going to. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> you For know. long. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, my goal is to not get arrested. We'll see what happens. Um, but I always knew that I would be great at anything that I did.
0: You, Sarah, you yes. like I'm, I'm hearing this and like I know that feeling. I remember telling my mom, I know exactly where I am in life. I know where I'm at is what the way I described it. You Sarah was. The, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, you were this close to being an Olympic athlete.
1: I could have been an Olympic athlete.
0: Okay, yes. so, but you were a collegiate athlete. I mean, you're a total stud. Yes. And did you know- Professional
1: athlete before this, so.
0: See. So she came into this business very, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be good. I've never had a real job. I, and I'm like, you were a professional <laughs> athlete. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to be fine. Like there's the same skill set that yeah. gets you up in the morning to grind that out is the one that makes people good. In business too yeah did you know that your whole life growing up
1: so i always had a lot of confidence in my sport and i feel like when i first came into the actual like real business world i didn't have a lot of that confidence but it's the same kind of confidence it comes from the same place so like once i realized that everything that i applied during sports also applies in business i was like this this is the same like i still feel the same like i have the same confidence so,
0: Well, I mean, that's, I, I wanted that pointed out because this is, you know, again, the joke of the next greatest it to hear you say that I look, I, I really, it's, it's amazing to me that a chicken nugget can be so delicious. It, well, that it, that, <laughs> that, that it can be that yeah. representative of the excellence in your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I really shocks me that that I never put two and two together. The reason that that is so good is because the rest of it is so good. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. crazy. No. And, yeah. and you know. There's, you know, if you don't accept mediocre ever, then it it can't be mediocre. I like to tell people I'm not average, right? Take that however you want. Me, I know I'm way above average. This is right. This but is I'm not I'm not I'm whatever I'm gonna do, it's not going to be average. I'm either going to succeed like crazy or fail, in a ball of fire yes, crashing and fine. burning plan you know.
0: plan B is plan A. Yeah. We yeah. have we have one that's in our little quote book that averages for other people. Yep.
2: Go be average. If you yep. want to be average, go eat at Chili's Dude. and get the fuck out of here cuz we're not interested We're in not this. we're yeah. not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And one of the things that, you know, just kind of going back to the pandemic. Out of out of the pandemic is, you know, a tremendous hurt and harm to a lot of people. But like with everything in life, there are some blessings, you know, and the blessing for me is that in 2019, I was extremely complacent. I was fat, dumb, and happy. For the three years in a row, I took the month of July off. 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 My work schedule was approximately 1130 in the morning to 1245 in the afternoon, five days a week, add in three hours of computer work. And you decided that that was too much. (laughs) And you said, I'm out. Because you went away one time for weeks. a month. No. You just went out of town for a month. The month of July. We leave town. We go to the lake.
0: At 36 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you view
2: that now as a mistake? No. No. Not that the time off was certainly not. Um, And really, my work schedule wasn't. But, you know, I ran the same six or eight specials just kind of in a rotation. And they were all great. But where I wasn't challenging myself in that. You were comfortable. I was comfortable, you know? And, and it's, and it's not like in my spare time, I decided, okay, well, I'll just work this, but then I'm gonna make the most out of like my, all my free time. I've had a friend ask me before, He's like, so you work 10 hours a week? I was like, yeah. He's like, what else do you do? And it's like, I don't know. You know, a lot of little things, but it's not like I go play golf every day or whatever. So I wasn't making the most of my life or the opportunities that I had. So the blessing that I'm getting out of this whole COVID nonsense is that we're reopening Super Chicken. And even if it comes back at 100%, which it won't, but even if it does come back, I'm gonna do more. And it may be just volunteering somewhere, but there's no reason that I'm not doing more. Mm. Cause I can. Yeah. And now I've had like almost eight months off. And your kids are of the age too. You want them to see you doing more. more. Yeah. You know, I've had a great time yep. and now it's, you know, now it's time to shift gears and do more. So uh, one of the things that, that we didn't really talk about and another place that I just became great was, <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, dude. Listen, we, we, we so, laugh cause we know. So. I failed I, miserably.
1: This with, is a hard start for everyone after. This oh, it really because, is. I mean, we're just yeah. everyone's getting roasted. If anybody
0: comes <laughs> in and says, "Well, I'm pretty good," I'm gonna be like, "Get out of here!" Yeah.
1: Put, Not as good as Super Chicken. Yeah, yeah replay yeah. Super Chicken yeah. Joe immediately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, three or four years in, the business is crazy successful. We're doing great. I think, hey, I, you know, now it's time to open another restaurant, and I went about it in a very terrible way. I didn't put enough into it. I picked a bad location. Hey, I mean, just, I just thought we were so successful. I go turn the lights on somewhere and it's going to print money. Right. Failed miserably. Almost, you know, took me two years to close it. I should have closed after six weeks. And I knew it. Pride and stubbornness can sink a ship. So we were able to get out of the deal and I'm sitting there, you know, basically broke, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this business. And I go to work one day and my manager hands me a card and he says, This guy wants you to call him. He said he's opening a training center, and he wants some. Someone told him to talk to the owner of this restaurant about being their caterer. So he comes in. He needs like ten days a week or ten days a month. You know, nothing huge. I was like, okay, I got it. I'll do it all. I got it all. And he said, well, I don't think we can serve fried chicken ten days in a row. I said, yeah, but you know what? I can do anything. So from there, we developed pasta recipes, classic Americana, roasted pork loin, hamburgers, beef stroganoff. You know, Mongolian style beef, like everything. And I built this catalog of recipes. um, And I thought, why am I not doing more of this training center catering? Google Maps, pull it up. Training centers, find one, call them, tell them some lie. Somebody told me to call you and talk to you about your (laughs) catering services. And she's like, oh, that's funny because we're actually out to bid right now. We do an annual bid process where we bring in three caterers and they, you know, we've got our existing plus two more. And of course I won the bid. And five years of running, course. <laughs> five years running, they never went out to bid again. Love it. So I went from zero to five training centers in about a year, year and a half, where I was their only food provider. I planned the menu. You, all you have to do, if you own a training center, all you have to do is email me on Tuesday what your head count is for the next week and you are done. So we're going to get to the, so your, your email is joseph at super dash
0: chicken.com.
2: I've got to squeeze one more story.
0: in. Go ahead. No, no. I was only, I just want to make sure that they can get you. With yes. Email. No.
2: So Joseph, J O S E P H at super chicken.com. So super hyphen chicken.com. So when we first opened, I picked the name super chicken. Uh, actually my wife came up with it and we had all sorts of different names. The reason we settled on it is you cannot physically say Super Chicken without smiling. And if you're smiling, so true. I've already got you. I got the rest of it. Super Chicken. So I went, well, so after we decided to name it that, I went to superchicken.com to see if it was available. Let's just say it was a not safe for work site. Super Chicken super is a not chicken? S- At one time, it was literally like, a yeah. thing, like to the point that people would tell me, like, uh, you know, somebody hijacked your website. That's not mine. <laughs> Jeez, it's available. Yeah, so the guy, he walked away from it a while back. I, I looked into it, you know, uh, more than likely, if, we, if, if Super Chicken is gonna turn into a 100 location place, and it could, I probably have to rebrand because one, the name doesn't represent the quality that we serve or the price point. And two, I would have to have a thousand lawyers constantly working on trademark issues. So, but either way, so Super Chicken was absolutely taken. Uh, so on the website, it said, Super Dash Chicken, the most important dash of your day. <laughs> That's pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah. My buddy came up with that. So big shout out to Kyle Weeby. Hello, Kyle, good job. Uh, he, uh, he helped me for about a year, professionally trained chef. He came in, wrote all my menu recipes. Important. Like, uh, really, is the only a big, big piece of of why I've been successful. And in all honesty, like, had I had I really known, had I known then what I know now, I think he might still be working with me because I could have done the thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I just wasn't ready. So I wasn't ready to do. To develop the business in a way at 30 years old that could grow it and create a position for him long term. Mm. So uh, he left. He now runs a, a hydroponic urban market that has like you know 7,000 heads of lettuce on site, and it's all crazy stuff. Shout out Verde Green Houston. There you go. Um, but I'll be googling that. Yeah. So, so Green Green Houston. Verde? Yeah, yeah Verde Green. right? I like so that green, like Spanish, yeah. no big deal. Uh, but an amazing, amazing dude, amazing food talent. You know, uh, when we, when he first talked to me about the the menu, I said, uh, he was like, so what's on the menu? I said, chicken tenders and garlic fries. I'm not sure about the rest of it. Yeah. So we start talking and we're, you know, pl- mapping out some salads. And the menu is very intentional. It's not just a collection of things that I want to serve. It's intentional. It's a business. Um, but one of the things I told him, I said, all right, listen, I don't know what it is, but I know what it's called. He's like, what are you even talking about? Grilled chicken, bacon, milk. It is delicious. And, but it just sounds right. Grilled chicken, bacon, milk. What do you want? I want a grilled chicken, bacon, milk. So he actually like goes to cutting up chicken and marinating it. And then, uh, I'm not paying much attention. And then I hear it hit the flat top and sizzle and it's all cut into small pieces. And then there's onions going in. And there's bacon's going in, and we use Havarti cheese because it's creamier and delicious. We put a little bit of garlic into the mayo. You, we don't advertise it as garlic mayo because everybody, oh, I don't want the garlic mayo. You want the garlic mayo. It, is this? There's also the buffalo, buffalo grilled chicken. bacon. That's one I've had. Yes, that is outstanding. It's, I mean, it's, and it's a unique sandwich. You know, you got little pieces of chicken, the onions, the jalapenos peppers, in you know, there jalapenos, too. Jalapenos, yeah. cheddar cheese, buffalo. The sauce. trick
0: is you dri- you drizzle the ranch over the top of it. Yes.
2: I am fat. So I literally would send Have I send mentioned a, that on this podcast yet? I
1: would, <laughs> one time. One time. One time.
2: I would send out ranch with it, except it cost me money. If you're smart enough to know that ranch goes on it, you get it for free. Ranch goes on it. If if you know now that it's delicious just as it is, which it is. It is. Just eat it like that. You don't need the extra twenty cents of cost. <laughs> for you. For me. <laughs> so I told so just money real quick. I think a lot of people and a lot of businesses fail at the margins. And you know, my new employees come in, they drop a couple plastic cups. It's like, you know, that's 20 cents. And they always laugh at me. So I have a new employee and I said, you know, what happens if I save $4 a day? She's like, what? A thousand dollars a year is what happens. What happens if I save eight, $2,000 a year, rent. And if you're doing 300 covers a day, think how many opportunities you have to control things. Do things the right way. It's not a bat stack of napkins on the table when you walk away. It's two. You want to catch up? Here's one. You're going to have to ask for the second one. You want three? I'll give you three. I feel bad now that I'm thinking about how many many chickens sausages. I've left on the table?
0: Oh, I don't leave anything on the table. <laughs> you know, we've been hungry. We know this that. Week. <laughs> yeah, it's, we we looked like a like we'd never eaten animals. The day you opened up, yes. the it was unbelievable. Yes. Not not a, everybody was complaining much because we were like licking yes.
2: the plate after it was done. I
1: was embarrassed.
2: Yeah, no, not that embarrassed. She have, kept, she I did it going. again
1: today, but
2: well, and, and literally, you know, I walk around that kitchen and I have access to garlic fries. Anytime I want. Them. Oh, they're good. You know, you got to try, you know, part of my job. Is tell them what sure the garlic, good. tell the audience what the garlic fries are. So. God, I'm hungry. I'm so, I'm not even hungry. Hell, I might be hungry. So you to go, go to a restaurant and you order garlic fries and then they bring them out. It's like with a scoop out of the jar of the garlic that's like minced and it like barely tastes like garlic. And it's like, okay, that sucks. So again, thank you, Kyle Weavey. Uh, I didn't know how to make garlic fries. He did. So we bring in fresh whole garlic, we mince it in a food processor so it gets real fine, and then you put it in a saucepan with like an inch of extra virgin olive oil, and you just, at a low temperature, just let that sucker cook out. So then when you get the garlic out, you keep some of the oil with it and its stores, and as fries come out and they're hot, there it is, as fries come out and they're hot, uh, you take a scoop of the garlic, which of course has the oil, throw it in a mixing bowl, toss the fries with it, and the garlic is a sublime garlic. There's no edginess to it. It's just got that sublime garlic awesomeness. But then the oil that it's stored in actually absorbs into the fries, which is what makes it like so thoroughly, right? So it's not like little spots of garlic where you need garlic on the fry to actually taste it's a garlic fry. If you get an order of garlic fries, you can take a fry out with no garlic on it, but it's been bathed in this, you know, the essence <laughs> of garlic. I mean, this is soaks it up, and it's killer. This is a commercial. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping
0: up here. But yep. before I go, what are my chances of getting queso
2: involved in this restaurant? So it's been a discussion. You know, one of the things that, one of the things that, you know, and maybe I shouldn't limit myself to this, but if we don't, I don't want to sell things I don't make. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, all the ingredients you're saying. We, we make everything. All your I mean, sauces. We make seven different sauces, five different salad dressings at a restaurant called Super Chicken in the armpit of a strip center in Greens Point. Right. Like, we make everything. We cut everything. I had a sales lady try and sell me some sliced tomatoes, pre-sliced. I was like, that's, those are beautiful and they're perfect. And, Wait a minute, how are they so red? Like, I know what happens when I slice a tomato. What did y'all do to that tomato? And she knew I'm an all natural, you know, make everything myself. She's like, Well, they pack it with nitrogen, but nitrogen's natural. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't need, you know, vacuum sealed, freeze dry, you know, well, all, this, all, all this nitro tomatoes. So, to go back to queso, uh, right now, Knowing that we are going to face a tremendous opening, I can't do different and new right now. Because the because de- oh, oh. demand- I
0: finally found something that's going to eliminate you from the top to keep <laughs> so us at bring the top. Your own
1: queso yeah. from now on.
0: <laughs> it we are going to have.
1: <laughs> I'm not okay with that.
0: You know what? On Friday, you're having queso. Listen, it, well, Steak Finger Friday, right? Yeah. So, so you have chicken every day of the week. I, like, people are going to think yeah. I weigh 500. You Please watch the YouTube <laughs> videos. I, I'm not that fat. So, uh, steak Finger Fridays yes. are only on Fridays. Only people. on Fridays.
2: But, an absolute staple.
0: But it's like, that's like an old school Steak Finger from like East Texas, right? So where'd that come from? Like,
2: So when we first opened, we weren't doing that much business. So we had daily specials, like different things every day. And we did crazy stuff like spaghetti. Like, we went. Outside of what the core of the menu was, just to try and get people to come back more frequently. So once we built up to a certain point, it's like, okay, this daily special business has got to go. So we moved to weekly specials, and all week it was like, no, we we're not doing spaghetti day. Oh, okay, you know, no big deal. We got to Friday, so all the other days we'd gone Monday through Thursday. People, are like, oh, I understand. We're shifting things. We're doing things differently. Okay, perfect, I get it. We got to Friday, and I had to hide in my office because people were pissed. Like that, they had had Steak Finger Friday for weeks and yes. weeks and weeks. And the first Friday it wasn't available. Like I literally spent the whole day apologizing to people. It's, they are they are absolutely so delicious. Good. So at a, again, a business lunch only restaurant in Greens Point at a, you know, 10 to $15 price point, I bring in fresh tenderized beef cutlets and then hand cut them into smaller pieces, so you don't have to use a fork and knife, bread them, fry We're them. looking at them on the screen right now. Make white gravy from scratch. Gravy's amazing. I mean, and it's a, it's a scratch recipe. It's not some powder that I dump in and add milk and, and pass off. Uh, so to your point about queso, like there's a lot of different things you can do, uh, kind of like my barbecue sauce, right? There's a million different types of barbecue sauce. I have never personally made a queso that I thought, this deserves my name on it. Ah, fair enough. Because I'm not going to serve. I'm not average. I cannot, I will not go to the store, open a can, dump queso in, and sell it. I understand
0: that. And I appreciate that. And really, I, I'm addicted to queso. So it's, it's, Aren't really, we all? it's my issue, not yours. Yes. And, you know, I went to lunch with a buddy one time, and, he's, and he ordered a chicken fried steak at lunch. It sounded great to me. I said, yeah, it sounds good. And he goes, and I'll have mine Texas style. The lady says, okay. Te- and I was like, what's Texas style? And she said, it's a chicken fried steak with queso on top instead of gravy. And I was like, woof, that sounds fat. <laughs> I was like, Give me one. <laughs> yeah, I want the same thing. <laughs> and I had it. It was absolutely amazing. So I just have always thought that I would like to take this steak figure and dip it into queso. But that, soonish. Soonish. I'll take soonish. soon-ish. So, you know, let one, do you have any questions that you want to? jump on? Because I've got one if you want to look that up real quick. No, I don't think I have any. So, my thought is what is the single thing that makes you the next greatest? Faith.
2: In what? Everything. Okay. I, uh, you know, I've been through a lot. You know, I had a great childhood, but there were some challenges, you know, and I think a lot of people have done that, you know. Um, But I have never not been able to do something. I've failed, you know, I've failed plenty, but I've never not been able to do something and i don't exactly know how you can say you failed but you can also say i've not been able to you know never not been able to do something but it's true like anything that i have ever really tried at i mean my restaurant that failed failed because of me because i didn't do the thing i wasn't prepared to do the thing when i signed the lease so when it wasn't doing the thing mm. i wasn't prepared to to do it so it failed because of me but i know that So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to win. I love it.
0: I love it. Well, okay. So people are going to look at, uh, what's, what's your address? It's
2: four. So four, one, four North Sam Houston Parkway East. Okay. Sweet E doesn't really matter. Just look for the giant super chicken. Look for the place
0: that's not a strip club. Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, and there's a connection on my website. So one of the things that I know I am not good at, is yeah, just mar- just Google Super Chicken Houston. Super Chicken Houston's the way to find us, and it'll pop up. It's, and then it's, you can get to my very rudimentary webs website, and there's a location tab built in Google Map. Thank you, Kyle Weeby. Um, and most of that's disassembled because I just kind of shut everything down with COVID. Right. Uh, yeah, so but there's I'm, on the main page there. Yeah. There, the address is there, so it'll it'll take you there. Yep. Um,
0: opening next week, the next 21st. Week. Monday, the 21st, okay. 1030
2: a.m. to 2 o'clock p.m. Monday through Friday only. I,
0: I truly can't wait. And it's, look, there's a lot, there's restaurants, there's things, there's this. Yeah. But this is a, in my opinion, this is a success story of COVID. Yeah. Because you did go down. Yeah. You know, and this is a, if this is not a story for human beings to listen to and love, like, Mike Tyson has one of the best, best lines of all time. Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face Yep. and you get hit in the face. You're Sarah. I mean, you're, you've been a winner your entire life. You're going to continue to win. You're going to get hit in the face, Josh winner, face. I mean, Joseph. Yep. So like it is inevitable that you will get hit in the face. And how do you get back up from this? How do you decide? Nope. I'm not going to stay down. Cause I'm sure you could have moved yep. off to the, yeah. and I, I know there were conversations like maybe we do move out of Houston and go try something, yep. try our hand and other things. Uh, this has got to be one of the biggest success stories in the entire restaurant industry. So I hope you get credit for this. Well, thank you. And I mean that because, like, it's you, – you did take care of your employees. I remember vividly – you weren't angry by any means of, like, hey, I paid these guys. It was more like this isn't what they told me was going to happen. Yeah. And I did exactly what I was supposed to, and, it, and now it's not working properly. So, you know, you did it. You've treated your people right. The ones you have back, I'm glad. Um, I hope more decide if they want yep. – if you want to back, come back. So we are rooting for you, um, clearly. And if there's anything you need from us, we're going to be here. Is there anything else you want to tell people about Super Chicken or Joseph?
2: You know, um, just take chances. Don't be average, you know. So, and, and the first few steps are the hardest ones because it's so easy to, you know, turn on Netflix or, you know, do all these other things or, you know, not volunteer. Like, I I, I don't currently volunteer. I don't know why. You know uh, I know that not everybody has the ability to open a, open their own business, either the idea or the capital or the whatever, but you know maybe consider uh, you know taking a, a job that may have some risk in it. you know finding somebody like you, uh, Josh, that is in the middle of so many different things that you know may, may it, it may be more, more chaotic than, you know, a nine to five or eight to five at, you know, some set company, you know, fortune 500, but damn it, there are things in the world that are amazing. And if you just play it average, you got no chance, you got no chance of
0: experiencing them. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, we might be screwed. Yeah, this was way not better. Not us, but no, we're, everyone, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else, <laughs> everyone else. Of course, we're gonna win. <laughs>
1: so,
0: I mean, did you expect to? I feel like it's gonna be I hard. I knew it
1: was gonna be good. Yeah, but maybe not this great. So, so
0: you should have heard us, Sarah and I, preparing off camera before this. We're like, all right, and then we're just gonna tell him he sucks, and we're, of course we're better yeah. than him, and we'll just tell every guest from now on that there's they're not. We're still the greatest. They're not the next greatest. Joseph, I, I am, I'm in awe of it. I really am. It's just people will never associate a, a chicken strip with the type of excellence that you are talking about until they hear the story. You probably don't get to tell the story very often. And if you do, it's, it's not to the audience that's about to hear it. So
2: what a thing, man, I'm, this is really fun. Well, thank you very much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I'm telling you, I'm on a heater, dude. The last 60 days of my life are just unbelievable. I mean, I, my, my current thing, like I, I sent a buddy about, you know, getting on this podcast and I didn't know how to sign off other than what life am I
1: living? That might have to be the title of this. I'm on a heater. I'm on a heater. <laughs> <laughs> of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm on a heater. Dude. I love it.
0: You've earned yeah. it. You've earned it. Well, I appreciate that. Well, so, I mean, I feel like we're obligated to say that, that we're still the greatest, but <laughs> It is pure obligation at this point. It's, it's only because if we break the premise of the show now, we're totally screwed. But I, I mean, honestly, you are as good as they get. Cheers to you, Thank cheers you. to Christy, your Thank wife. You. Yep. you know, the reason we can be so arrogant, I, I, you know, this is, I've said this for 20 years, that, uh, cause you know, my, who I'm talking right now and the arrogance that we show and th- that is, that's how I am in life, but that's not the reason I fake the super cocky yeah it's because I know what humility really looks like right and I've been humbled right I've, I've had my legs taken out yep. and you know it, it is amazing what real power looks like yeah so I am thrilled I'm I hope Christy's doing well she's I, doing you know we're gonna see her next week oh yeah good oh yeah it's so, not Friday I hope I hope yeah. so I hope well <laughs> I I didn't I'm not sure I want all these people here and coming to our party on Friday but you're gonna have a bunch of people there so yeah. it, it's it is a great thing for you. We root you and your family on, we Thank root Super much. Chicken on. Um, cheers to your father-in-law, cheers to you, cheers to everybody. Hanara, what do you think? Is this the next greatest?
2: Our guy, <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> we've trained him to say no. that.
1: The two or three.
2: I've already told you like a 4.6 doesn't even cut it. And you're over here like wiggling your third finger at me. <laughs> like there's absolutely no way that's not all five hands on both hands, all five fingers on both hands. Like. <laughs> As high as you can reach it. That's
0: it. Well, we've enjoyed it. I, dude, this has been a lot. Isn't of fun. fun. Wait a till you to sing; you're gonna love it. Yeah, no, so, it's awesome. Well, that is gonna conclude the, uh, I, I guess, the first edition of the next greatest, a podcast powered by Upright Digital. Uh, if you have any questions, you could Google us uh, at or look us up at uprightdigital.com. Um, Sarah, you did great. I know that I'm a Thank lot you. to take, and I drank an espresso right before I got in here. Joe and I ate yeah. everyone down. Yeah. So. Thanks for trying to keep up with us here.
1: <laughs> of course, it was fun. Do you like it? Yeah, we're gonna I did. be great. Yeah. We're gonna be dominant. I can't wait. Sh- shortly yeah, of here,
0: yeah, it's to be. No one's gonna be able to touch us. So, all right, buddy. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Tune in next time.